You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Growlix Nights, the Growlix Podcast live show. I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. Tonight, so many Lokis. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I don't Every have any, Loki. All of the Lokis. Even Lokis that Lokis are confused about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter eggs. I'm sure there were a ton. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be discussing Loki episode five, I believe it was, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. this evening. And uh, I haven't, yeah, there, there are a bunch of Easter eggs. I'm curious as to, like, talked about. I'm curious. I'm excited to talk about it because I'm curious if Jesse caught some that I definitely, I, I didn't catch because there's lots of Marvel stuff that I'm not keen on. I don't, I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I caught none of them except for the obvious, the super obvious okay. one that everyone's like, ah, it was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but first... How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Yeah. It's been a weird week. Yeah? Yeah. Like oddly uh, getting a lot done and not enough done at the same time. Uh, But yesterday we got our car situation kind of figured out, which has been hanging over our heads since like May. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That feels good to have that done. Nice. Good. Yeah. It's not it's not a great time to have to try to find a car. No, no, it isn't. And we we basically had to settle a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. It's the 20s. You got to settle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a prohibition on cars, apparently. 20s all about compromises. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Hey, Melanie, how about you? How, How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Savannah says I should have come and see her, and if I had time, I, I would have. I, I do want to see you when I get a chance. Savannah's um, got legs in a car. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, are we not live on Twitch, or is my computer just that bad? I'm not sure. Let me see. We should be live on Twitch. We should be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Ooh. We appear to be live on Twitch. Oh. oh, okay. Your computer is just that bad. Hey, can I pop out a little? <laughs> that, that is a that is a frustration. <laughs> um, yeah, Savannah, been watching anything? Been watching anything good? Hi, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, how- yes, I was gonna say, how are you doing, Randy? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, we had Fourth uh, of July this last weekend here in the mm-hmm. states. Where we celebrate things the only way we know how by explosives. Yeah. And usually getting drunk and then letting off explosives. That's the only way to, to handle explosive materials. Yeah. Drunk and stuffed full of hot dogs. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> hot dogs. I actually had no hot dogs, but I bet yeah. a lot of people listening in the States did. Yeah. There were hot dogs available. Yes. I did not have them, but they were there. Oh, there were hot dogs available too. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I just didn't eat one as well where we were at. Interesting. See? Yep. That makes sense. 
We're the, yep. we're the nation of hot dogs. Well, hot diggity dog. I feel like this episode is starting off. Ooh, whiz bang. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long fuse. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Hey, Paul, what's going on? Uh, Savannah says she hasn't been watching anything. She's been laying in her pool. Uh, well, yeah, outside of that, not too much going on for me. Uh, works a little slow, so I've been I, I play, playing a lot of video games and watching Doctor Who, actually. I, playing a lot of video. I got two monitors. Oh. You, ha, you have to ha, listen. Yeah, what you, you watching? Have, what you watching? If you, if you don't have multiple monitors on your... If you got a desktop, you don't have two monitors, you don't have a desktop. You're not doing it right. So I'll, have, I'll play my games. And then uh, New Who, I've been, watching, I've been watching through New Who. I jumped around a little bit for the ninth Doctor. And then... I hit the tenth Doctor, and the just I've been watching through episode by episode through there, and you know, like I said, I've been playing games at the same time, um, but since I've already seen it, I just kind of, I okay, so I'm currently into, I'm through the RTD era, I'm into the Moth, oh my, and I want to, I will say, watching watching through them, the Russell T Davis era. Was amazing. It was so good. It was right. so good. And the ninth Doctor is great, but I feel like the that first season suffers a little bit, probably by budget, mm-hmm. right? Just the the look of it mm-hmm. it doesn't age well comparatively, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. And just the look of it, really. Yeah, I feel like. Well, that was what two thousand five or something. They switched over to mm-hmm. nice, nicer. HD digital video, mm-hmm. uh, along with the switch to Tenant, the ten, you know, to when Tenant came on, and mm-hmm. yeah, visually those hold up better. But I think that's part of also just having more of a budget. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't sh- BBC wasn't sure about it. I'm sure they were had kind of a small budget going into that first season, and then as it became more popular, the budget probably increased. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I love me some Ninth Doctor, but Tenant like oozes charisma, so it's not surprising that that right. was better. Also, right? No, he he does, he does. And so, one thing I I kind of pinpointed what I like about, despite the fact that Moffat wrote some of the best episodes of the RTD era, one thing I was able to kind of pinpoint was that I feel like during Russell T. Davis period the characters were written better or there was more focus on the characters. There was also, of course, the episode by episode plot with the occasional overhanging, like over uh, the, the season long plots that we get string through. But I feel like there was more focus on the characters, how the characters interacted. And this is maybe where I thought Chibnall would have done really good, but like kind of has really faltered. Not only is there a lot of focus on the characters and how they like interact with each other, but the plot of each episode, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the larger like season arc as a whole, each like plot, every event affects the characters and has an impact on the characters mm. or has some like significance to each character in a way. Mm-hmm. Rewatching through Donna, the uh, Donna. Uh, has the worst time. 
I feel like she's kind of gotten the rawest deal, the rawest deal of the new new Who companions, because she like, doesn't even get to remember. She doesn't get to remember, and every episode she's traumatized. So outside of she, because she shows up for like a Christmas episode and then is not a, a proper companion, then she's like, nope, I'm. This was crazy, and then she comes back later as a proper companion. So outside of that first one, well, even that one, she witnesses the doctor like kind of start to go mad killing this these spider babies but but then the first proper episode is pompeii where she hands on the doctor's hands pushes the plunger down killing twenty thousand people she killed twenty thousand people on her first adventure and i'm like oh my god and then after that it just doesn't really get that much better like the doctor allows her to like psychically hear in on the the ood's horribly depressing slave song and she's like take it away like just bawling it is like oh my god every adventure with her she is just her being tormented in some way maybe it's but maybe it's more just her reaction is extreme because i mean they do all of the companions have a hard time i think no it's true it's true but and and they were also like re and 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 then they totally undo this but they are kind of regrounding the series after mm-hmm. all of the crazy stuff that martha uh just encountered and and the sims master and the the with the dobby doctor and all of that so they're like we've got to bring it back to earth a little bit and so mm-hmm. you get what better way than a temp from chiswick and you know, I'm not. I was never super fond of Donna as like compared to a lot of the other companions because she's she is such like kind of basic, yeah. as they would say. But I love but her that's for kind that. Of her point. Like, she's so yeah. like real. She's like a real person. She's not. She's like, a classic companion too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Brought it back to. I mean, granted, they undo that at the end, you know, because they have right. score creep. But she feels like. Uh, she feels like she could take the pee out of the doctor a little bit in a way that the other companions couldn't because there was like a romance angle with uh, with both of the other ones, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Martha, so, Martha, Martha's a little milk toast. She's kind of bland, but uh, part of, but she's still a, like a strong companion. But part of the issue is like her whole thing is like she's just kind of pining for the doctor and the doctor's just right. not even. She's the rebound companion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with Donna, they made a point that, like, there's nothing romantic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, we're, you're not mating with me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They make that, specific, like, explicit real quick. And another thing, though, like, I think that might, in terms of, like, how the, when you know, because there's always the overarching uh, plot arc of uh, each season, it might be like the whole turn left thing that they kind of set up through, through her run or her like, you know, yeah, I guess her run as a companion, that might be the strongest, most cohesive season of the show. Right. Hey, what's going on? The hood. Uh, We're just, we, as often happens, we got on a side tangent about Dr. Who. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the hood, the hood is uh, the best at drinking water on the moon. Oh, yeah! Wow. Okay. Is, is it like little the little glob globules that like float around? And you gotta like 
them up. I, I mean, you have to be proficient if uh, you're finding water on the moon, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, drinking it on the moon. So, mm-hmm. so the other thing is... Okay, so I appreciated Donna's whole thing more than I did the first time through. Now I'm into Moth. He's definitely got the fairy tale thing going on. I don't know. The RTD era, there's a long, there's a long run of episodes that kind of tear you up a little bit every every episode. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm not crying, the doctor's going to cry. Um You're right. And Moth doesn't hit that. Maybe that's not his goal. But mm-hmm. and they put Amy and Rory through the ringer like hardcore. Mm-hmm. Melanie asked me the other day, like, at what point was uh, what point was I at? And I was like, oh, Amy and Rory, you know, your favorite because she she loves Rory. Yes, he's the best. But and Amy doesn't deserve him because she is a piece of poo. You know what? Yeah. That's that's what Moffat is good at. Good at that's his. I think his goal is to just make everyone angry because he succeeds at that every time. Yeah, she hates. She hates. Amy. I hate. I hate Amy. But she. So she asked me at w- what point I was at, and I was like, "Well, Rory's there, but uh, at the moment he's dead. Technically, he's not dead. He never existed. He'll be back. Oh, yeah. But so yeah, like you know, they they die a couple times, and Moff definitely does the like. Companions are kind of as immortal, if not more immortal, than the Doctor in a way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, what was that? All except for Adric. Except, well, <laughs> right. There's, there's, Adric's the exception to all the rules. Well, classic <laughs> companions like good luck. Yeah, no, right. They, they often did not meet well ends. They either yeah. died or, I mean, some of them just left or they just got married off to somebody who they obviously probably didn't want to be married to. Or right. the doctor's like, I got to go to Gallifrey. <laughs> you're staying here sarah jane see you sarah jane For no reason. <laughs> that's it right Bye. oh well <laughs> sarah jane interacted with nine doctors canon wow. in in canon oh yeah I, I didn't realize that um that's kind of incredible yeah anyway so, so i've been watching some doctor who mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what happens when it, if he gets mentioned oh yeah, D- yeah. can i real quick you just say can, please do I was looking at Loki on the elevator. They have little symbols that are like, kind of like, uh, what do you call them? Hourglasses. And I was like, uh-huh. or is, is it an hourglass or is it a bow tie? Cause you know, bow ties are cool. Are bow cool. ties are cool. Uh, <laughs> I went through a phase. <laughs> Maddie D. I don't think Maddie D's around tonight, uh, but Maddie D had, commented in the Grolix podcast Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Grolix podcast. You go there and chat us up. And I didn't get a chance to reply back, but he pointed out further uh, comparisons between Loki and Doctor Who is uh, Richard E. Grant was in Doctor Who, but not only was he right. in Doctor Who, didn't he play the doctor in that like uh, yep. children, was it children in need? Special. Yep, like comedy special. It was like during the uh, wilderness era where there really wasn't Doctor Who, but they were like, we're going to make our own Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was not canon, but for a time was almost considered canon. And I think he actually got offered or was contemplated for the role mm-hmm. during the revival. Wow. But it would be good. Um, yeah, old Loki 
is a doctor of sorts anyway. So, uh, yeah, they're the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Well, they both travel in time, eh? How about how about what? Hey, Paul. It, Paul, are you still there? If so, did you watch uh, Fear Street Part One? I know Paul was excited about that. Melanie and I watched Fear Street Part One, 1994, on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is the first of a trilogy of films. It's kind of interesting. I, I kind of like this idea of like producing a tr- a series of films, and then they're just gonna release like one a week or one every two weeks till they're mm-hmm. out. So it's like, so it's just a TV show of films. Yeah. Hmm. But based on the RL. Paul says it was awesome. Okay, based on the R.L. Stein series, I don't know how closely. I, I've never read a single R.L. Stein anything. Which is insane to me because there were so many R.L. Stein books. Right, and I think I was I was pretty much the right age. I mm-hmm. just never, I don't know. And I liked, they, just, they looked cheesy to me. Because oh, it, yeah. I liked horror, but it looked like cheesy horror. Which, listen, I'm older now. I appreciate some cheesy horror for sure. It was like but, Scholastic Book Fair horror. Right. Yeah, I was like, there's no way that's good. That's not proper right. horror. I want to watch <laughs> The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Melanie and I watched it. It was okay. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about parts two and three. Uh, it's not great. It's a little sloppy. I, I give it three stars. I liked it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It felt sloppy with its exposition. It was very much just like anytime anything needed to be explained, it was like, hey, here's a character that kind of knows something. Mm-hmm. Also, the music. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, hey, it's 1994. How do you know it's 1994? We're going to play all the big hits of 1994 on the radio or <laughs> just whatever. Uh, Did they play I'm Just a Girl? No. No. <laughs> no. Well, and at least they know, got that right. Whoever picked the soundtrack had good taste. Like, they were definitely listening to what I was listening to. But it's like, you know, at that time. But it's, it's, it's overdone. I don't like when a period piece is just like, let's just constantly play like 10 second clips of different songs from the era because it's like, this is a period piece. And people who were alive then will be like, wow, that song. Oh, that yeah. song. Yeah. Also, like, don't use Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Unless you're going to really use it good. Don't just right. throw it on right. the radio. Right. I agree. And they literally, the worst moment was, and this is, if you want to do that once or twice or whatever in a period piece, do it. That's fine. It's a good way to establish, like, the time period. It's kind of like, here's a 1994 mood, Nine Inch Nails, I guess, or Mm -hmm. White Zombie. But don't, like, just slam track after track in there for no reason. There's a part where, like, Cypress Hill comes on to transition mm-hmm. into kids getting on the bus. Uh-huh. It plays for yeah. It plays for maybe ten seconds max, and then one of the characters puts on headphones, and it goes straight into Radiohead. And I'm like, oh, you, no. you got to stop it. You have yeah. to stop. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? It's Ninetyception. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's it, not good. It, they also made a big point of um, on the internet, AOL. You know, yeah. it was like, right. <laughs> which is, I thought it was okay, but. <laughs> How fast bugged, is your modem? That bugged me a little bit because they used it as a lazy exposition device. Mm-hmm. How does this kid have this information? The internet, of course, but it's 1994. Yeah, but AOL 
and messenger what would they call it you know aim oh, or whatever oh You're my like, goodness aim yeah at AOL least, like, instant messenger they showed him chatting and it was the like and i remember 94 oh, yeah. i know the internet was a thing but like that's a magical before, time it was that's magic way before it seemed that common so it stuck out to me a little bit oh but people were you know a magical time yeah like the kid it's <laughs> Doth lady blah 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 like they're talking in like their care like they're role playing on there where they're just like talking in old English type speak and it's like what are you doing? I guess that's kind of accurate. I remember people doing that, but stop it. Yeah, but it's... they used it as exposition. I was like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Now you can't go to the library. A over the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, well, now it's the nineties. You can go to the library and do the creepy library scene that horror movies love to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever. I don't think I don't think anybody was depressed enough, though, for the nineties. Well, right. They kept saying right. the one chick was everything was doom and mm-hmm. s bomb. All of my yeah. poetry from the nineties had something to do with insanity. <laughs> Sanity yeah. was the big thing, you know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, I wrote poetry in the nineties. Everyone did. I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It was all so angsty. Man, oh, it was yeah. great. Okay, so Paul says they tried to do what Stranger Things did, but with the 90s references, and the target audience isn't as nostalgic for the 90s as the 80s. I think it's I no, I think it's We're coming. Getting there. Getting yeah, there. I think it's coming. It's been it, coming. They're for just a while. trying to be ahead of the trend, and it's not quite there yet, but it mm-hmm. is, but it isn't. And people no. accuse Stranger Things of like going overboard over the top with the nostalgia. But it'd be like if Stranger Things tried to, if they were playing like, here's some 80s song that everyone remembers for like six seconds, and then somebody's going to put on headphones, and it's going to be another 80s song somebody remembers. And then they're going to get out, and there's going to be another 80s song that somebody remembers, like constantly through the whole thing. It's not as subtle as as Stranger Things was. Stranger Things felt like it was just in that era. And that's, this feels like Captain Marvel, the way that they're handling it. It was like, oh, I crashed into a blockbuster. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It starts in a mall. uh, But like, Stranger Things, it it never uh, bothered me because it felt more loving. (laughs) The like, the nostalgia, like, I don't know mm-hmm. a good way to put it, but the, it, the, it, uncanny, the uncanny valley wasn't there. And and like, I'm using it kind of incorrectly, but like it didn't feel anachronistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were actually in the eighties and that takes a certain attention to detail yeah. to pull off. And this, if like, if you do it wrong, it feels campy. Mm-hmm. They just tried too hard. I, right. I didn't hate the nineties setting. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. To me, to me, the '90s just doesn't look different enough, so it's just like it's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, they're in flannel, cool, right. you know, whatever. But Paul, Paul nailed it in the chat. There, you either have Stranger Things or you have Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, and they're yeah, very different. That mm-hmm. yeah. You know what they need to do? They need to wait and watch for when people start wearing like low rise, loose, like big baggy like jeans. That's when it's going to be the nineties again or time for the nineties again. Cause we're not there yet right now. Well, even bell bottoms came back in the nineties for just a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I wore them. 
Yeah, the 60s into the 70s, because that was the 30 years before the 90s, and that's how it works. Right. That's how that's these w- things work. That's what we were nostalgic for back then. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I Because I wonder what younger people who were born in the late 90s and beyond, and beyond, <laughs> I wonder how they like, because they like synthwave and stuff, and how do they view it? And I guess it's the same way we viewed the... 50s, 60s, 70s nostalgia things that was were around when we were kids. We were discovering it like it was brand new. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. hey, do you guys know about this cool thing? And they're all like, Pfft. yeah. But we were like, this, no, this is cool. This is the only thing about your life that was cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you take um, it for granted and we think it's magic. So, mm-hmm. complaints aside, I enjoyed it. It's rated R, it's got some pretty good gore and uh yeah and they a lot lot of unnecessary uh, unnecessary f-bombs but like it's following a bunch of kids so i was like yeah that's that seems appropriate and so because it's based on an rl sign thing and i know the fear street i guess and i only know this because i read about it while we were watching the movie or after whatever um maybe while i don't know maybe i wasn't that into it but uh that was more directed at like a teen audience versus Goosebumps, which were younger mm-hmm. kids. Right. Um, that said, I, yeah, I'm still a little surprised they went rated R. There's there's at least one super memorable kill in it towards mm-hmm. the end that was not expected. No, pretty brutal. Yeah, and I, it, you know, honestly, the main character seems kind of a little like selfish and cold hearted. To tell oh, you yeah. the truth, I was really surprised by by that whole turn of events. But you know, if you if you watch it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, there's very... Yeah, the characters are interesting. They're kind of... Uh, some of the side characters are a little one-note, but they, there's some decent character complexity, kind of. And yeah, the the main character is definitely kind of selfish. And also, like... So there's, this, so there's like, this lesbian couple thing going on. And, you know, I, maybe I don't know, but I've I've seen people make this criticism already. So I kind of had the same thought because part of her thing is with her ex girlfriend. She's like, well, why don't why don't you want to tell us uh, tell anybody about us? It's like maybe because it's 1994 and you're a gay couple. Like, what <laughs> right, are you talking right. about? I like how do you not understand her hesitation? So the AIDS thing was huge in the 90s too, right? Like right. so, so yeah that. The main character seems unreasonable, but that doesn't seem like bad writing. It just kind of seems like character flaw. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or maybe character flaw, or maybe they just don't know. Maybe they live somewhere strange where, you know, one of our favorite things to call each other wasn't a homophobic slur, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we're all real good about it now, but I tell you what, in the 90s. Right. We didn't think anything about it. Oh, my Mm-mm. God. I, I actually I did a TikTok on this earlier today because it was like, what's a movie that, you know, is garbage, but you love it anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I popped in John Leguizamo's The Pest. Uh-huh. It's such a ba- it's a bad movie, but it also it has aged even less well than Bill and Ted. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, the 90s. Yeah. The 80s, it's almost a given. If you throw right. in most 80s comedies, you're like, well, there's going to be some some homophobic slurs because it's the 80s. But the 90s weren't any better about it. No. no. Yeah. In fact, the 90s might be more awkward because people were kind of like embracing it, but also the, the, the weird slurs and stuff were still there. 
Mm-hmm. And there was the, I can't remember what, the not gays. That's, I think, is that what Red Letter Media calls it? Where there was the joke, and that didn't start in the 90s, but the joke of like, no, we're not gay, which might tie into the Bill and Ted thing a little bit. Right. Where it's like, what, huh? No. And that becomes the joke of like, people <laughs> think they're gay. Right. And, yeah. Which is, I, I can understand why. It's, it's kind of an offensive joke at this point. Or, mm-hmm. well, it was then too, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and like, uh, so like the past, just that opening uh, monologue, or the, I guess it'd be a monologue, not really. As opposed to a cold open, it's one of those few movies that jumps right into a musical number. And the musical number is John Leguizamo playing every possible campy character he can, just so that you get a little piece of the fact that he's going to slip in and out of different identities throughout this thing. And uh, so he makes reference to midgets. He makes reference to a slur for people of diminished mental capacity. He uh, affects an Asian stereotype. He affects mm-hmm. like, like he has like a tur- like a towel turban on his head at one point. And it's like, oh, yeah. holy cow, this age is so poorly. Mm-hmm. This was never a good movie, but this is <laughs> like potentially the most offensive thing possible now you heard mm-hmm. it here twitter cancel him <laughs> oh, <laughs> cancel no. john leguizamo oh my god he's such where... a better actor now though like he's a good actor i mean oh I'm... yeah i have way more respect for him than i did in the 90s right. because of mm-hmm. movies like the pest i was like this is t- god awful right. and not because of any offensive stuff just because it was terrible right right mm-hmm. i mean it was luigi before that so i mean yeah what are you gonna do He's good. Luigi Mario, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi Mario, you know. That reminds of the Mario me, family. Mario Mario. Me. I, I want to do a, like a special episode or something on this. I have not watched it yet. I downloaded it. I haven't it. either. I haven't either, but I do want to. You know where it. I'm going yeah. with this. The yes. Super Mario Brothers. I can't, oh, what's the name of it? But basically, the, the Snyder cut of the Super Mario Brothers. It's not right? Snyder. <laughs> it's the, you know, the original directors, because it was two directors, mm-hmm. Vision. They cut together, and it's dude. It's you could tell it's rough because they're like, well, the best version is the the VHS rip, the non letter <laughs> non widescreen VHS rip because it closest matches the found uh, footage that you know they cut into it. So when it goes to like found footage, you can tell because like the little time stamp thing comes up, oh, and like it's wow, obviously like yeah. work print, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, but I haven't watched it, and it, it's like. 20 30 minutes a substantial amount of material was added to it mm-hmm. to give it to to restore the original vision mm. <laughs> and it's definitely not an official oh. like, studio release thing you, if we you, get a backstory for dennis hopper i'm in <laughs> <laughs> i'm so curious as to what it is i'd forgotten i'd even downloaded it but it's 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 on archive.org it, that's the only place i think you can find it because it's not like officially released mm-hmm. right uh, so maybe we'll have to do a special or something on it sometime because I, yeah, I just remembered that. Um, okay. Uh, real quick. Also, Melanie and I watched Bo Burnham inside. Oh my, here we go, man. We should have led with that. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Loki, nothing. We should have done the Bo Burnham, Burn- Burnham, Burnham, mm-hmm. Burnham. In- that's super interesting. Okay. Well, because now my my initial assumption about this thing was that like well it's like a comedy special we don't really talk about that but then i'd seen right. i'd heard a little bit about it and then i watched a youtube video talking about it and i was like oh that looks actually super interesting 
yeah. it, it's totally a movie. Like, I mean, it's it's a musical, perhaps. Have, but okay, so have you guys like, have you guys experienced him before this? No. Well, it, I knew as soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know, I know this guy from somewhere, and I'm like, I've seen him in a romantic comedy, but it was not a romantic comedy. It was uh, I figured out like toward the end of the thing. The only thing I've seen him in was his was in. Um, a promising young woman as the like love interest. So his part was kind of rom-com uh, of that movie, but that is not that kind of movie. Um, and yeah, that's one of his, and that's he, one of his few was, like proper film roles too. Yeah. He wasn't funny really. He was kind of a D bag. Um, so that was, that was my opinion of him. Uh, and then, yeah, he said he, he told me he was a comedian and I'm like, I've never seen him do comedy and he doesn't seem particularly funny to me from the little bit I do know of him. But, right, I, I was not sold on him before this. Like, uh, mm-hmm. someone had recommended his specials to me before on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, like several years back, I was like, okay, let's watch this Bo Burnham special or whatever that's on Netflix. And I watched it. I was like, I didn't even get through it. I think I, I think I watched like twenty minutes of it, and I was like, I'm done. This is mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd seen. I had not seen. Like, I had never tried to watch a full thing. I, Somebody younger than me, Jasper or um, another guy we worked with, Jasper or Blake, um, had showed me like songs of his on YouTube, like clips of his right special stuff, which is how so, he broke out. Yeah, yeah, and and I'd seen like yeah, so never a full special, but I'd seen like clips, you know, songs he'd done and songs he'd done on stage and stuff like that. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's he's fine, but like, yeah, I never really thought to check out one of his full specials. He never grabbed me that much, um, right? But what I had seen of this intrigued me quite a bit, right? Um, so you sound like you, yeah. So what, Jesse? You've seen this, I'm guessing. I have, I have seen this. Uh, also, like before this, he went on like a five to seven year hiatus or something like he had like legit panic attacks Mm -hmm. uh, and quit comedy entirely. And then like he went and got uh, some therapy and some help and whatnot and was feeling better. And then we had a pandemic. Mm -hmm. He was like, maybe I'll get back into the business. Oh, wait, there's a reason not to. And we shouldn't even interact with other human beings. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely much more music to this. It's pretty much all music. There's little bits of not music, but it's way more music. It's more music than a musical. Yeah. And given that it's a solid like hour and a half feature length thing, that's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of music. Mm-hmm. But so there's a lot more of that than I had expected. Um, and I know for Melanie, I think that was a, not a positive for me. Right. Yeah. Uh. But in general, I, I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was right. super cool and super impressive if he actually, you know, he shot it himself. I feel like there's definitely a lot of reality to it, but it's also interesting thinking, like, there's clearly a lot of intent. There's a lot of staging to it. There's a lot right. of, like, it's it's a proper film. Uh, that, like, the fact, like, just the setting, how mm-hmm. it gets more and more cluttered as the movie goes and... Yeah. By the end, like the cameras back off as far away as it can be in this little room. And there's just like light stands and stuff in front of him and stuff. You know, he even starts tripping over it. Like you don't Mm -hmm. see any of that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Man, the evolution of it is just 
Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. It's just well, ah. It is interesting, but my but thank my, my big gripe with it is I wouldn't consider it really a comedy special. It's more like an art piece. Yeah. So yeah. So it's selling saying to somebody, hey, you should watch this guy's comedy special. I think is misleading, and right. you shouldn't do it. Well, and I I'm I think it's kind of sold that way because that's a little bit the format, but that's also like what he's known for. But yeah, based on that, but I would also watch it. He pulls the bandaid off of that in the very first song, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, and I I guess I had. Like I said, I'd watched a YouTube video about it, so I had a better understanding of what it was. Mm-hmm. Because afterwards, you're like, "That's that's not really even comedy; it's it's an art piece." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, that's that's yeah," but that's what I was kind of hoping for. It was right, more; right. it was a little bit more art piece than I was even expecting. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was good with it. I plus I also man comedians. I like me a depressed comedian. I enjoy. <laughs> Even because really, there's not a lot of like, there's some okay stuff. Some of the like obvious trying to just the obvious going for laugh stuff was okay. Like the white women, white woman Instagram, yeah, I enjoyed quite a bit. It's like, yeah, uh, it was funny, but like actually, that's like one of the thing, that's but, one of the low points right. of the special for me because it's, it's so standard, yeah, but it's the dark stuff. Socko, <laughs> Socko was oh amazing. God, I was like, wow, I love puppets and I'm feeling weird right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Or even mm-hmm. just the weird like interlude where it, it, it just cuts and he's like, he'll do like a little kind of like youtube almost skits where he's like, well, thanks for watching, blah, blah, blah. And like, mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be lots more. And he's just super chipper holding a knife. Yeah. Just smiling. And I was like, uh, th- that's kind of Oh, great. my God. And then yeah. the Twitch thing. I love the, or or the reaction video. The reaction video yeah. is great. The, the Twitch thing. Oh like my the god! Meta, the yeah. meta on top of meta reaction yeah. thing. I like. Good. Yeah, and I like the internet song. That one was fun. That's yeah. the best. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I I like the depressing whatever stuff also more. Um, Speaking up at age 30 and then the whole time I'm like, Oh my God. Like it made me right. question my own arrested development because I was like, man, these are things I didn't even feel until I was like <laughs> closer to 40, you know, and mm-hmm. then like he's experiencing them at 30, probably because of pandemic, but yeah. Were, were you going to say more Melanie? No, I was just meant in general, the songs kind of made it, less yeah like you said earlier i didn't really care for it as much maybe as i could tell randy does and it seems like jesse does too i liked it but it wasn't that great to me and i think it was just because there was too too much songs and they a lot of them were boring and dumb to me i i also found something one thing i there is definitely like an arc like even if he plays it up a bit towards the end i feel like a lot of that is definitely coming from a real space because if you think about a lot of the like skits where like the skits and the songs where he obviously put a lot, of, I mean, he put time into every bit, but mm-hmm. he, the white woman's Instagram and the, uh, he liked to dance around in a, as a sexy lady way a lot, but mm-hmm. the, like the sexting and stuff, maybe that might've been a little later in the thing, but a lot of the ones where you could tell it's like, just, just, a, just a skit mm-hmm. come before he says he's been in there for six months, 
Mm-hmm. And then if you think of this, everything in the movie that happens after he, between six months and a year, there are not that many skits, and there's a lot more of the like just him looking miserable. And so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I think this, th- I think it wore on him real hard because at first, yeah, all the skits and put all this effort into it, then the later parts just like him looking scruffy, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. The light, the lighting work was amazing. He did really, really good with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was naked. He was naked a little too much. I thought, personally, for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There's some creepy sex, sexualness in it. That's like, ugh, come on, dude, come on, come on. But yo, whatever. It's the human experience. <laughs> I, I, uh, maybe, maybe this is a little high, and I would, if I had to rewatch it again i'd maybe come down but i, I gave it five stars first wow time. five stars yeah. I, I but i i don't know i guess what would i give it i don't, I don't know maybe 4.5 or five maybe four, yeah maybe four four and a half might be more fair i don't know maybe it's more interesting on a rewatch i don't know and yeah there were some of the songs i was not super keen on but see actually the songs was, were kind of a detriment to me yeah. because i've experienced so many of the songs like it got to the point where I was like, fine, I'm just going to watch this thing so that I understand what everybody's talking about. But on TikTok, the songs are everywhere. So I've experienced oh, the songs like multiple times before I've even seen them with context. And they're so much better with context, but the punch is gone because you've already heard the song 15 different times with 15 different people uh, playing it a different way. Okay, Paul says mm-hmm. I got super quiet. So I'm going to jiggle, jiggle all my knobs. I think I might have, I don't want to have to buy a new interface, but I might have to buy a new audio interface. I don't know. Yeah. Let me know if that's better, Paul. Um, yeah, we can move on from that, but yeah, no, that was interesting. That was not a thing I expected us to really spend a lot of time on. Cause it's mm-hmm. kind of outside of the normal stuff we talk about, but, but it's so pop culture right now that it's good that we did. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Paul says better. Thanks, Paul. Good. Um, well, I know we spent way. You know what? I'm not gonna. Maybe I won't have a lot to say about Loki. Uh, Jesse, have you consumed anything you want to talk about before we get to Loki? Uh, the only thing I think I mentioned this last time. I've been watching a little bit more of that. This is Pop. Uh, oh, okay, right. Documentary series. So I watched a couple more episodes. Basically, we watched the. Maybe we only watched one more. Uh, Episode one was about boys to men, basically. Uh, the second one was about, uh, oh, no, no. Okay, there was the T-Pain auto-tune episode. I think we talked about those two last week. Uh, the episodes that we watched this week were about Sweden and Sweden's connection to pop, which is crazy. Like, there's a ton of of Swedish influence on pop. Like, uh, the Backstreet Boys, uh, boy, okay. Uh, Backstreet Boys. <laughs> debut that's what happened oh, okay there. i see uh, i see what happened <laughs> their album was was basically uh they went to sweden and like there's all the swedish influence i didn't know anything about hmm. same thing with uh britney spears same thing hmm. went to the same like production company in sweden it's like a it's like basically oh. recording in a closet or a, like a b&b but like all of these hit makers exist in sweden crazy interesting mm. so there was that episode and then there was a country episode where 
country crossing over into pop. And so, you know, they had to go into the Old Town Road, Shania Twain, all all these different like crossover country pop things. Mm-hmm. It was it was fascinating, you know. Yeah. So I'm continuing to enjoy that. Cool. And was that um, was that on Hulu? What, what was that on? Netflix. That's a Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Say. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul in the chat is pointing out how like the Swedish influence is to like pare things down so it meets the music. So they'll like truncate the uh, the lyrics to a bizarre fashion. So like, hit me, baby, one more time. If you listen to those lyrics on their own, you like don't even consider how bizarre and like almost violent that is. Uh, but the original intent was like, hit me up on the phone, like call me. So it's almost like call me maybe is the intent of the song, but we get hit me baby one more time. Yeah. Interesting. You know, somebody, somebody like a, a Swede was like, what about this? And they're like, let's uh, trim that, that down. Like, so it meets the music. That sounds it's like all about the music. That's a, it's like <laughs> Google translate. And you're like, uh, what that translated to sounds a little bit like domestic violence. So like, no, just do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it becomes a billboard top. Yeah, mm-hmm. like number one on the charts. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, well, I might have to check that out. Uh, well, and then, then they were like, "I want it that way." And that, how bizarre and stupid that song is. If you just mm-hmm. look at the lyrics on its own, mm-hmm. like you want what? You want what? What way? Yeah. What does this mean? This doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fascinating episode, and they go into Ace of Base and all these other like actually Swedish acts. So, mm-hmm. did they see the sign? <laughs> <laughs> that was fascinating how they like built that slowly, incrementally over time, where they like put it out to like Euro Euro dance uh, clubs without any lyrics, and they just built the music, and then they came oh, back weird. and they added the lyrics in. So that's almost like. Wow. like- that's that's kind of fascinating because that's almost like market. Wh- what do they call it? Market testing. What do they call right. it? test screening? Test our audiences and stuff like that with movies mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, we're we're going to show this in a couple theaters to some test audiences, get their input, and then make changes to improve if if need be. Yeah, that's kind of what that seems like. Like, well, mm-hmm. how does the dance? How how do the clubs like people in right. clubs like? And it that? was like, yeah. if this part doesn't hit, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Redo Interesting. it. Yeah, that's yeah. Omaha is a test market for food because we're all fat. Yeah, it is. Did anybody else get the KFC double down? Did that ever actually go out to anywhere? I I don't think so. Not really. Is that, that's what it was called, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the double yeah. down. Yeah, we were, were the just... test market, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know some people that love that. They were like, yeah. "Look, it's two chickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sandwich. Only there's no bread. <laughs> yeah. It's chicken. Yeah, it's that's." Such a t- yeah. stupid idea. Wasn't bad, but chicken is good, so whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Who yep. come up with that? Well, that should have went nation. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised it didn't like, double yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Somebody needed double. It would have been huge in the South, you know. I mean, like it would have yeah. been. This, I don't know. Yeah. Throw a waffle in between, and you got chicken and waffle breakfast. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait. Is chicken waffle even a breakfast thing, or I'm just thinking that it is because it's a waffle, got waffles in there? I don't know. I've never actually had chicken waffles. Sounds good to me. It tastes, yeah, it tastes pretty good. It's strange. I'd never even heard of it. 
Um, so, speaking of things I'd never heard of, alligator Lokis. <laughs> Is that a good <laughs> nice segue? segue? Oh, you know, okay, so here, here's a weird tie-in to the Double Down or whatever it's called. Uh, we had a friend that called it this, the Bunless Snack Monster. <laughs> and that feels like a good nickname for Loki Crocodile or Loki Gator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bunless Snack Monster. Uh, okay, he was a legit so, snack. So last week, we were on the fence. We were on the ropes. We were on the fence about what episode four was setting up. So... Now that we've got an episode five, guys, mm-hmm. guy and girl, woman, sorry. Mm-hmm. Some people get upset about that. It's like, sorry. Um, what do you, how do you guys feel about it? Garbage. It was garbage. The really? whole, the area was garbage. It was the end of time. It was where every, all the garbage went. And it was mm-hmm. garbage. It was garbage. Really? I liked it. I it was didn't. dumb. It was fun, but it was dumb. I yeah, the 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 idea behind it, the whole like this is, you know, yeah, the end of the end of the time place where you go and then there's something that eats it or something. So then where does it go? It's that that whole thing is crap. It's not a good story. Um, It doesn't make sense. But I'm not going to pass judgment on that part of it yet until we see what happens in the next episode because they lead into each other somehow. So it could just be like, you know, a, a, a mirage type thing. There's lots of magic and weird stuff in this. So I'm willing to forgive that because yeah, it was a fun episode. It was super fun. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by your take on it, Jesse. Uh, no, I'm, I'm also just throwing some shock value in here. You can hate it if you want. It's fine. I, do, I don't hate it. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. I'll give you a full actual reasoning for my review. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just throwing Paul off his game in the in the chat there. <laughs> Cuz he's going to be like, it doesn't need a plot. It does need a plot. <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah, I they went they went straight up comic book a little a little silly silly, but man, it was a it was a super fun episode and mm-hmm. I couldn't help but smile through most of it. It was very entertaining. And even though I still am not fond of the turn from the, the like pruning, not actually meaning death, at least right away thing. Right. I'm kind of okay with the explanation. It's fine. The fact that it wasn't the things that make that okay for me is that it's not just Loki Island, right? It's not just Loki's happen to go to this Loki spot because Mm -hmm. Uh, Morbius also shows up, and it's like, well, Mo- Mobius, mm-hmm. Mobius, not Jared mm-hmm. Leto, right? There's also some semen. <laughs> there are. Some <laughs> that semen, was great. That was great. Some yeah. sailor men's. Like everything about this is Easter eggs. Even that was a great Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, so I'm okay with it. I'm glad that it, maybe it's a little cheesy that like he happened to show up, uh, Mobius. But he's fine. He's going to go back and burn down the TVA, he says. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you got a one-man war going on. He's going to have right. a hard time. Good luck mm-hmm. with that. But uh, 
Also, like, why would anybody trust the one lady that leads? I can't remember her name that leads it because, uh, see, that's she just seems so untrustworthy. Ravana, even Ravana, she's okay. the love interest of Kang in the comic. Oh, is she? Yes, okay. Well, that makes a lot so of that's sense. either a huge red herring, which will be infuriating later, or a obvious nod. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I'm kind of okay with the twists where they went with it. I didn't like the twists in the first place, but where they went with it so far is fine. I love, they weren't all Loki's fighting in there, but there were a lot of Loki's. I love the fight scene where it's just like, it's like a bar brawl of Loki's. Mm-hmm. We we see president Loki. It's not our Loki. That's fine. That part was a little disappointing to me. Like I felt like the trailers really built him up and then he was it's, nothing. It's no, just mm-hmm. like a, a moment. Mm-hmm. It is It is a tease. It's mm-hmm. a tease and kind of cheap marketing because you're assuming, well, that's our Loki. How does he become like president or whatever that is? Mm-hmm. It's not our Loki. It's the one other Loki that looks exactly like our Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But then he gets his hand bitten off by Loki, a Loki gator and mm-hmm. a whole uh, like a barroom brawl <laughs> ensues. And that was amazing. <laughs> that, was that was great. This This episode felt like a dopamine drip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right like we got an IV of dopamine it was just like oh drip drip, mm-hmm. drip. that's yeah. great and that's great and this is amazing and that's that's a thing yeah. Yeah. look at all these things that I like mm-hmm. I enjoyed that uh, classic Loki was actually way cooler than I was worried he was awesome he was mm-hmm. so good the costume is so cheesy but like it's, you know what that when you make the character that good though it kind of yeah. works um kid Loki the little bit we seen him, I didn't like him. I didn't like his face. I didn't I, like him and he overacted, but at the same time I was I was okay with it because it was like like he would even like do this whole like hands on hips thing. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh man, if it wasn't for the fact that you did that, I would hate this. But it was like, oh, it's kind of the way that kids actually do overact, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I did love that. Well, for one, that the group they're like not just, you know, random Lokis. They're like the reject Lokis. Yeah. Off in their own little spot, yeah. That get raided later, but I love that. I love when they're sitting there like drinking wine. Kid Loki's got a high C juice box that mm-hmm. cracked me up. Quite well, there's an ecto cooler too, so it was like, oh, that was a Nexus event. We're not supposed to have that, so there it is in the garbage heap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love that that ecto cooler is a Nexus event. Needs to be pruned. Okay, so. Speaking of like Easter eggs, then I'm assuming one of the big major ones that everybody's like, oh, uh, is the Thanos copter. See, I didn't see the Thanos copter. You didn't see the Thanos copter? I didn't copter? see it. I, I'm sure it was right there. really but... jumped out yeah. to me. It's just like a I love it. I love that it's there. Thanos. I'm like, they put the Thanos. So in some version, canon of the MCU, the Thanos copter is a thing. Right. <laughs> What's well, we have class or. Well, that oh, well, it wasn't just a tiny Thor. The thing is, is that it wasn't like super focused in. Uh, on the bottle, it had T like three sixty five or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was Frog Thor. Oh, okay. He was okay. in a jar. He was trying to get Milner. I see. That's Milner. that's when Loki turned him into a frog. There's like two different versions of Thor frog. There's that. There's the one where where 
Thor legitimately is turned into a frog. And then there is a different version where it's a frog that gets like a little teeny piece of Milner, like a little sliver of Milner falls off and it turns into its own hammer because this frog is worthy and can lift the shard of, of Milner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. So this so is such beefy Easter eggs that they left in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, and this is this is definitely one that was beyond me that the show kind of made a deal of. Uh, Paul says, Lil Loki rocking the sword of Surter? Right. So that's one of the weapons that uh, that classic Loki would wield, and uh, so he received it from from Kid Loki. Okay. So the flaming dagger. Yes. This was also, I feel, the first episode where outside of the one moment where they almost created a Nexus event because they were making eyes at each other where Sylvie looked like she actually might have some interest in, in (laughs) where she was somewhat human and not just like revenge machine, you know, right. Right. We got a little bit of a little bit more vulnerability out of her this episode. Well, if nothing else, more natural. If nothing else, she felt like she cared about Loki's feelings. Like, so remember when this was happening? You know, like, even if she isn't falling for Loki, she's like, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to like, yeah. Yeah. She has some, uh, some degree of uh, compassion for him. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, this was like the character development episode or something where they had to point it all out, like Loki being disgusted with all the Lokis trying to backstab each other, you know, and and then, yeah, the little chat and all in her even caring about somebody other than yeah herself and her revenge, all that stuff. Uh, I love that classic Loki is actually the Loki that got the furthest. Mm hmm. Like he's like, oh, I had such a good illusion that I actually survived Endgame, and mm-hmm. it was basically everybody that I had ever loved was gone, and I started to miss people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I like that he got the furthest by just going off and being by himself. <laughs> yeah. Right? And as soon as he's like, okay, I need to go hang out with some people, then they're like, well, now, you're, yeah, which no, makes you sense. can't do that. That makes sense, and actually, kind of touches on something we were talking about before, where, like. Um, how you can how oh when we were talking last week or the week before about how she could like really she'd have to jump from uh place to place place to place constantly Mm -hmm. and my argument was like well not necessarily if she can go somewhere by herself she could stay there as long as she wants so long as she doesn't create anything that interferes with the timeline right and classic loki kind of confirms that he went off to some planet by himself and was fine until he decided to leave to find the people. And mm-hmm. then they knew where he was. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I also liked his whole thing of like his magic. Like, he's like, the, the, ni- the swords or the knives hold you back, it, it inhibits your magical ability. You know, I, my, my whatever is so much stronger because I didn't ever weld, wielded a whatever. And then it, you see at the end, yeah, no, he's, he's got some strong magic. Right. And Loki's even like, I think we're more powerful than we realize. Right, right, yeah. Man, he cre- he recreates Valhalla, or not yeah. Valhalla, but like he creates Asgard. Asgard, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was cool. 
They put mm-hmm. some money. I mean, it's it's a, it's a lot all CG, but they put some money in this mm-hmm. episode. Oh yeah, and there's a smoke monster, the lost smoke monster they had. Yeah, and I, I and I felt like it was pretty well done. Um, yeah, yeah, and exciting. Yeah, exciting is especially important because yeah, it, it makes you not pay attention to all the things that should be an issue in art, like the. And I'm sure this is probably some kind of a. Um, uh, Easter egg too, but the like, pizza car that he shows up in—that's fun. That that's fun, and I'm sure people love it. But how does he know to show up there? Right. He wouldn't. He, you know, that. Oh kind of yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh, oh, we're getting into it. We're ready to tear flesh now. <laughs> oh, I, okay. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. What? So let's hear. What's your beef? Well, I mean, Melanie, go for it because you're you're already touching on it. Well, well, that was the the one of the biggest things. Yeah, the. Everybody knows how to where to go to meet up with each other and then, you know, get out of there like they, they know they're coming and where they're going to be. Um, it's just, you know, it's uh, not not realistic at all. Um, but, you know, like I said, if, if it's entertaining enough, you can just yeah, ignore it, I guess. Um, but, yeah, go ahead, Jesse. Well, I mean, that's that's basically it, is that uh, this was the dopamine drip episode where it's like it's I expected that it was going to hold some answers. And it was basically another filler episode uh, before the end. And we only get six episodes of this. Um, so, yes, I enjoyed all the Easter eggs. The Easter there's eggs only, were lots of fun. One more. Yeah, there's only one left. Um Right. Right. And so, yeah, Mobius shows up where we need him. Uh Sylvie shows up where we need her just like she just figures it out and then oh let's do that yes sorry uh gametographer we need to uh yeah big time spoilers <laughs> thank you for thank you for chiming in i appreciate you, know, you watching for sure i'll never remember to hit it on time but i need to add i should add a little spoiler graphic that way when we hit spoilers i can turn it on and people can visually see like okay we're talking about spoilers, right? I just um, most people know. I mean, like, like Loki Gator was a treasure. He was super funny and fun. Um, but like, yeah, it just was like, oh, we're going to have to wrap it up because next episode's the last one. So we're just going to figure everything out. Well, where is Loki? He's at the end of time, of course. And then uh, how are we going to get? where we need to go where could the bad guy possibly be well he must be beyond the void he must be beyond what we know and Mm -hmm. what's guarding that but a smoke monster from lost and uh yeah all of the all of that there are things and i man it i can't imagine it would have cost much more to just i'm i'm sure some of it's on the cutting room floor there are a lot of parts that feel truncated over over unnecessarily truncated and it's like if you're gonna cram it into six like don't game of thrones us man if you're gonna cram it into six episodes like but it's gonna feel rushed spread it out a little bit right right it's okay if you slow the pace down a little bit it's it's Mm -hmm. fine but maybe that's it they just don't want to slow the pace down or i don't know yeah yeah because i have lots of questions that i need answers to like what is up with that clock lady um Oh yeah, Miss Minutes. She's yeah. obviously more than she seems. Yes, right? yes, indeed, and a liar. Right, she is. <laughs> yeah, the void ship. 
Just I'm it is here. I'm looking for it. I find it oh, it's, real de- it's really deep. It's weird that I haven't found it yet. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's that's the main thing is that it just it seemed uh very convenient. Every everything mm-hmm. plot wise was very convenient in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um which piggybacking on the last episode was continuing some of that frustration where it's like everything that we had in the beginning felt very introspective and very like uh i don't know the mystery was so deep and and like he literally is dealing with the death of his his father his brother his mother and himself in the first episode (laughs) yeah and Uh now and now we have madcap adventures with all the space lokis yeah 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 oh you're right you're right it did because like, once wow we've come a long way since episode one once mm-hmm. the show and i th- i still feel like that was the last episode once the show took a turn it's just been cram to get stuff to get to wherever they're going um you know it's that kid who doesn't you know like waits to the last minute to do the homework right like right. Just, oh but but also like that kid like we know that is a good kid but the kid did wait too long. Mm-hmm. The kid does need to learn its lesson. And I feel like that's this whole block of Disney plus entertainment is like, mm-hmm. man, you guys have such potential right. and we love you. And you've built up enough good grace that of course I'm going to see it to the end. But this is now the third time where I'm like, man, is this last episode going to be garbage? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Maybe I'm a little worried. It's going to be from stuff like in this episode. Another thing that I didn't necessarily care for, but it well, they kind of did it a little bit last time too. Um, with like Morbius, you know, they're like, what are you going to do when you get back there? No, I'm going to burn it to the ground. Okay. Yeah. But he should be way more upset and, and right. invested in this than they have him being. He's like, I'm just here to help you out. You know, no, they took you away from your life right. and, forced you into servitude for all eternity basically no you should be very very upset it should be you burn everything to the ground you know not just the 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 bureau's offices i don't know he's just he's just that laid back well i mean he is (laughs) one wilson i guess so yeah yeah but that's the only reason you buy it really is (laughs) because it's owen wilson i do it's still weird to me that like they're so like friends you know but I love his character in this, and I think mm-hmm. he's kind of the perfect kind of straight man to put up against Loki or with Loki, you know, mm-hmm. where he but he's not like your your traditional straight man, as in like a comedic duo straight yeah. man, not as in a straight straight man. But uh, because I don't know, he doesn't take the crap, but he also like nothing really seems to rub him the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's super earnest. Uh, he was the, the perfect same. casting for that, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respond to Paul commented. Um, oh, yeah, I, I want to respond to that too, but you go first. Oh, I just want, he said, "Is it really that bad, or did One Division set the bar much higher than we thought?" I don't think it's bad. I think it's better than One Division, in my opinion, uh, as far as enjoyment goes. But yeah, I mean, there's things. There's always things we can pick apart, and the more we love it, the more we're going to tear it up. That's my opinion. Right. I would agree. Uh, also, 
the the formula is backwards with WandaVision versus Loki. Like Loki hit us with all of those weird emotional beats of mm-hmm. Loki facing down all the serious stuff in the very first episode. WandaVision, on the other hand, had us in the 60s and it's fun and nothing's real. Mm-hmm. You're right. WandaVision yeah. started wacky and then got more emotional. And this is different. This is the, you're exactly right. It started out more emotional and then got wacky. And no, I am enjoying this, enjoying this far more, far more, even, even with the episodes that I have gripes with than WandaVision. Not that WandaVision was bad because it wasn't. Um, but like this episode, for example, like it's goofy and wacky and like kind of like still, yeah, I guess like, the rushing things and there's plot holes all of a sudden, but man, this is so much more like Thor Ragnarok than anything WandaVision. Oh, and sure. I'm on board with that. It's just fun, weird, and kind of crazy. If anything set the bar high, it's the first couple episodes of this series set the right. bar high. Mm-hmm. So sure. then, uh, I mean, it wasn't until episode four that we had like a single bad thing to say about it. Oh no. Yeah. Right. So then I mean, even still, yeah. uh, even still, I am all on board for mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen next. Yeah. Like they've built enough goodwill in the first three episodes that I I'm in. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it, it, I like that we compared it a little bit to game of Thrones because yeah, I hated the way that game of Thrones ended personally, but I still would suggest somebody that hadn't seen it, go watch that series. Cause it's a great series overall. And I'm going to say the same about this, probably whether it craps its pants or not. I think, I think the last episode will be fine. I'm not too concerned about it, partially because even though, yes, there were plot holes and like, we need to find Sylvia or whatever, whatever her name is. And, and then like she, she shows up and then Owen Wilson's there and then they're like, Hey, there's a car. Like, okay, whatever. (laughs) But you know what? That's just cutting the fat. Mm -hmm. It feels a little cheap and plot holy, but Mm-hmm. It's just kind of getting to the point, which I guess is our bigger gripe is that it's a little rushed, but. Mm-hmm. And they run from a, a cloud, which is like running from the weather, which is ridiculous. It is. It's so it's so Fortnite, the episode, like, I don't know if you guys know Fortnite, but like the concept behind Fortnite is that, uh, oh, you're, shrinking, you're yeah. dumped into it and it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until you have to act kind of thing. And that's this episode, man. It's like, oh, it's just a bunch of stuff. And then we'll slowly just close the iris until you have to do with the thing that you got to do. Normally mm-hmm. running from it's, it's the thing that day after tomorrow Drove. I hated that movie with a passion and the thing that was the worst about it was they were running from the cold it's like the happening where they're (laughs) running from the wind no you don't run from the cold you don't run from the wind it's weather here though (laughs) it actually didn't bug me because sure it's a cloud but it's also a creature it's a thing that still have to move yeah. yeah, it's not just like it doesn't seem like it could just envelop all the land like a cloud or fog could. But of course, she enchanted it by herself on the way in by accident, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Except like, it, and spoilers, spoilers. At the end, she enchants it, or her and the other Loki enchant it, and then it just like goes away. It's like, but no. If I was going to enchant a cloud monster, that means you then have control of a cloud monster. Right. Did it? Did it actually go away? I didn't well, think like it, it 
splits in half, like, and then okay. we see That's the yellow the brick idea. road she and just like mm-hmm. made it open the path, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. It was better than the Galactus Cloud. It was, Paul. You're right. Because um, that was the worst way to do Galactus ever, and everyone agrees about it. I think that last that last shot. I think I figured out who's behind it all. It's Harry Potter because be <laughs> like they're going to go to Hogwarts. I think, it, I think it's the Wizard of Oz <laughs> in his yes. hot air balloon and everything. Good point. <laughs> well, and then they're really just, I mean, like they're really throwing the Kang, the conqueror stuff in there. I don't know if we'll even get Kang, you know, but they're really throwing that out there. So I don't know if it's a red herring at this point or not, but Ravana being the love interest of Kang means, I mean, obviously we're going to have Kang eventually it's confirmed, but mm-hmm. that's supposed to happen in the Ant-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got like uh, the Stark Tower or Avengers Tower had K- was was like another Easter egg. It was spelled Q E N G, and that's when Kang bought the bought that tower in one of the comic storylines. So this was ripe with comics Easter eggs. Another fun one uh, was the Living Tribunal, which is essentially the cosmic like judge of all things, basically God for the Marvel universe. Uh, they, there was like the head of a statue of the living tribunal, just like laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the big head. Melanie, you pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. We should wrap up the conversation. Um, I, over an hour, huh? A little over an hour. This is my fault. <laughs> Bo Burnham. It was Doctor Who. Well, we didn't really talk about Bo Burnham that much. The Doctor Who. Um, Always blame the Doctor. (laughs) So, I liked this episode a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, It was fun. It was just a tonal shift for me. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, because... If it if it didn't go fun, it would have to go depressing and Loki's nice. dead, or you know, and yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we already had to deal with his death once. We don't need to do it again. Also, <laughs> right. pizza car. Where's his jet ski? Where's yeah. Mobius's yeah. jet ski? Right. You don't. It's it's. What is the the gun? Check. I can't remember what that. Where you show the gun in the first act, it's got to be used like in the third act. Oh, right. what is that? What is that called? Oh, this is a not the Maltese Falcon. That's a <laughs> like that's like a MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, all the terms. If right. you do know what we're talking about, then you know what we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's Shakalini's gun. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, and you're not even close. But I know I do know what you're talking about. I don't think it starts at the nest, though. Uh, I guess just to wrap it up, let's let's just throw it out there. Do you think there will be a second season? Because there's been a supposed leak or people speculate that this is not the end of Loki. That this is the first Disney Plus series that might get a second season. Um, can they wrap it up in one more episode? Well, is that they, even possible? They can. Oh, I was going to say... Kind of like, although I feel like WandaVision's wrap-up was not terrible, I feel like regardless how they wrap it up, it's going to be kind of disappointing. Right. I would love to see another season of this if it's mm-hmm. similar to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't want them to then like end up on 
regular Earth dealing with, you know, bland uh, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and stuff. Like, I uh. stick with the crazy sci-fi time travel, you know, kind of head trippy stuff. And I would mm-hmm. love another season of this. Yeah. Go Umbrella. Uh, um, yeah. Umbrella Academy. With yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check off a curve. Check off. Check off. Gun. Yes. Well, we got Chekhov's jet ski. Where's it at? <laughs> Where is it? True. You know what? Final episode. I, I think I made a prediction last week. I don't remember what it was, but it had something to do with the sky beam. So this episode, uh, Mobius jumps in out of nowhere through a time portal on a jet ski and takes out a sky beam. He knocks over a cloud monster into the sky beam, saving everyone. And B fifteen Hunter B fifteen remembers her time as a jet ski. She is the jet ski. (laughs) (laughs) She was happy. It's Mm -hmm. sci fi. (laughs) Do anything. She she remembers being happy in that life. Oh, yeah. Are we planning to go longer next week to wrap up Loki? We just won't talk about anything else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll try not to. I I won't watch anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm on watch more Doctor Who. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what episode I've been, I'm stuck on right now? No, actually, I might have got past it. Let's kill Hitler. I was enjoying oh, my rewatch. Yeah, you hate, you've always hated that. And that's, dude, that's, I feel like I'm curious to see where it goes after this because I feel like that's when the moth run starts to like just nosedive. You know, the only thing I hate more than Kate, uh, Amy Pond, R- River Song. River Song. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, yeah. I've, I've argued this in the past. So just for the people who are new, River Song got better after she's not on the show anymore. <laughs> Big Man. Finish does everyone better. It's so funny. Like, that's true of actual doctors, even. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Better yeah. after they're Six off and the seven show. are so good in D- Big Finish. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, It's just so bad. Yeah. You know what's... Was it Silence in the Library and the Forest of the Dead or whatever it was called? Where the first episodes River Song was introduced in? Those episodes are so good. And that's still RTD era, but Moff wrote them because, you know, River Song is like, you know, his creation. Mm. Sure. She's tolerable in it. And like the way it's presented, it it introduces this idea of basically time traveler's wife or whatever that thing is called. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it, but those episodes are so good and rewatching it this time through knowing how botched the river song plot get, gets and how kind of, I don't really care for her character in the show either. The hello, sweetie. Moff just gets so hung up on catchphrases. Everyone's got to have a catchphrase. And right. if they're not mm-hmm. great to begin with, you just low them a couple episodes into it. Um, yeah, he doesn't like abandon them either. It's it's He's disappointing just like, to think about it, watching that, and then be like, "This is as good as River Song gets." I feel. <laughs> anyway, well, and like he couldn't even regenerate without taking the bow tie off. Come on, he's not that precious. Mm. <laughs> even the Fifth Doctor got the scarf for an episode. Right, right. Yeah. And that's far more iconic than the bow tie. Oh, since we're on it again, one last thing, then we'll wrap, then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, you should start thinking about what people might want to be amazed about. Oh, I was intre- I was very fascinated by 
I rewatched the uh, last couple episodes of the Ninth Doctor. His and maybe it's because they're like maybe he's just like no, just get me off of this show. But his regeneration is so quick. I mean, they they kind of set it up through like it's it, it's kind of obvious it's coming. Um, but when it comes time, his whole big flowery speech is basically like, "You were brilliant, and so was I." Blah, 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 regenerate, right? And then a tenant takes like he fake regenerates like twice, creates a clone of himself. Oh well, Donna yeah. has a part. They create a clone of him, and then he spends like twenty minutes during his regeneration revisiting every companion he's ever met as that doctor. Score, <laughs> score creep, man. Because then, then he finally does right. Yep. And then you got eleven. He spends a hundred years on Trenzalore. He's an old man. <laughs> He's he finally aged. Wait, why did he finally age? Because he spent like 200, 300 years in between episodes at times. Right. Mm-hmm. Weird. But he's an old man, and then he regenerates into a young man so that he can regenerate properly. It's so stretched out. Capaldi is regenerating through like three of his last episodes. He keeps holding right. it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? I feel like whatever this next season is, it's just going to be Jodie Jody Whittaker's uh, regeneration the whole time. It's going to be right, like right. Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole season will be her regenerating. We're just going to get episodes of her going, ah. I got a little left. I still have to say goodbye to the fam. The fam. <laughs> That's another thing. Right. Let her regenerate. <laughs> I will give Moff this. I feel like uh, people don't like Amy, but Amy, Rory, um, maybe even River Song, despite them actually being a family, I feel like that show established a family in the TARDIS better than the show where the doctor actually calls them fam. Yeah. First yeah. off, the characters are, are a little bit more interesting to me, but also like it's their banter. It's the way they like talk. It's not just them like calling each other fam and that right. makes them a family. Like they're kind of crappy to each other, all of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But right. that's what that's what actual family people do. Like they're like they mm-hmm. love each other, and that's when like the nice moments are like ah. And otherwise they're God, calling Deacon each other. was better. Yeah. <laughs> all otherwise they're calling each other idiots and telling them to shut up. Like that's mm-hmm. it's such a like more actual feels like a family unit, right? Uh, thing than the current right. TARDIS crew. So uh, I don't know. Sorry, Melanie, you're right. You're right. Okay. We need to wrap it up. Yep. I could tell. Okay. So you want me to do? What would you be amazed about then? I I, yeah, I feel like you should explain it. Oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I went with some... Sorry. I love you. I love you too. Okay, so I went with something uh, simple and that I thought would interest, to pe- interest people, and it's just really results of an experiment. Um, for four years between 2015 and 2019, 2,500 Icelanders, which is like 1% of their population... Uh, took part in an experiment where they reduced their work week to 35 hours. Um, and it was a big success. They didn't uh, have any drops in productivity or provisions of services, while worker well being improved substantially across a wide 
range of metrics, including perceived stress and burnout. So everybody loved it and it worked out well all around. So, yeah. Lazy and it'll never work here. <laughs> no way. No way. That just won't Socialism. work Socialism. Socialism. <laughs> oh, I no, forgot. One the, sorry. One of the key things too that they, they didn't drop their pay though. So, you know, that I'm sure helps if, if they were making a lot less that would add to their stress, not, you know, reduce it. So, but yeah. Then why would they even think of doing it? No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that is super interesting. Mm -hmm. A living wage. <laughs> right. <What? laughs> mm. Yeah. A company being concerned about their people's health. What? Huh. No, I like that. I like that story. Yeah. Uh, listen up America. Get your crap together. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Melanie. You're welcome. I am amazed. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I am amazed, too. I had lost all hope in humanity, but at least Iceland has figured it out. It's not surprising that they're the happiest country in the, on the planet. <laughs> right. So you have restored hope in humanity. America. Oh, yeah, no, we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. I yeah. feel like 1994 girl. <laughs> You're doomed. I'm going to go listen to Radiohead and Cypress we, Hill. We know what the problem is, and we're still not going to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So sorry for the awkward stepping on the beginning of that segment, Melanie. No, no, that's fine. We awkwardly step on things all the time. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Don't be a bug around us. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it'd be better to be confidently squished than awkwardly stepped on. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, but you know, uh, <laughs> squish. I'm sorry, it's a weird tangent. I just, <laughs> you know what? We're no, we're streaming for four hours now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the butterfly effect right there. Mm. All right, thanks. Think first off, thanks you two, thanks mm -hmm. guys for hosting this with me. Oh, as a viewer, the awkward step was funny. We got a giggling Randy. I did giggle a little. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't tell your friends. Or do it. That means they'll watch. In yeah. fact, you should tell your friends. <laughs> tell them to go to grawlixpodcast.com It's g r a w l i x podcast.com Or hey. Tune in every Tuesday at 8.20-ish. Tuesday now? What? Every Thursday. Tuesday? Okay. Every Thursday <laughs> at 8.20-ish, unless we decide to change days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> and uh, catch us live. Chat us up. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we'll spoil all the shows for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Especially if you show up right in the middle, man. Sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I should put it. I, you know what? I should when we're talking about an ongoing series like this. I'm just not used to talking about it so soon to where spoilers are a thing. Usually, it's like right. two years right. later, and no, everybody knows already. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, but it's smart. Like we could put like a banner right in the middle. I'll put here. it in the title. Oh yeah, and I'll put a banner up here. But I could also put it in the title of the posts. Yeah, um, that'd probably be a good idea. So, but thanks for watching and. Future listeners, thanks for listening. Take it easy. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, is is Black Widow? Is that opening to this weekend? To tonight? I think so. I think so. It's got to be coming soon because I know people that have gotten pre screeners. Okay. So, okay. not that I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing David Harbor is David Harbor. I mean, he went to oh, Juilliard. 
It's Chekhov's David Harbor. <laughs> it's Chekhov's David Harbor. They'll use that in the third act. <laughs> yep. He's great. He needs to be in all the things, man. Go watch Frankenstein. Frank, what was it? Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster. Yeah. That's, it might even be more Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein or something like yeah. that yes. uh, on Netflix. I'm sure it's still there. It was a made for Netflix thing. It's real mm-hmm. short and ridiculous. Go watch it. That's if you're wondering why we keep talking about Chekhov's gun and stuff. Until then, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Grolix Nights, the Grolix podcast live show. Be sure to check out our weekly live streams available at grolixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, once again, go to grolixpodcast.com slash live. Check you later. <laughs> check, check off you later. <laughs> oh, that's a little dirty <laughs> sounding. It's like Chekhov's podcast. Chekhov's yeah. podcast. Yeah. Third act. Ooh. The end times.